Hello and welcome to Rocket's Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Burrow and Text Expander. I'm Samada Rochefort. I'm a senior video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, a Democratic candidate for Congress. You're the video boss. You're not senior producer. You're the video boss. Video boss at Polygon.com. I actually am going to say that because it sounds better. And yeah. it's like senior video producer. What is that? Video boss? I know yeah. what that is, and I yeah. respect it. No, I mean it's like you know you're chilling. You go to you go to your office at Polygon. It's like you're the Polygon boss. You know you go to your apartment. You're the apartment boss. Yeah, you're a in lot a taxi. Of you're the taxi boss. Yeah, 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 I am the true. taxi boss. Yeah, and the tax boss, <laughs> tax right. season boss. Because I yeah. did them. I did them, folks. I did those taxes. <laughs> Actually, the true mark of being a boss is paying someone to do those, and I did that for sure. Because I can't. <laughs> did you really? I can't did do my really? own taxes. Of course. Congrats, Simone. <laughs> thank you. That's I, as more a, than Donald Trump did. <laughs> as a future member of Congress, I, I thank you for being supportive of me paying my taxes. I mean, you know, there it is. So, yeah. I mean, you can become president and never pay taxes, apparently. So, Bree, if I stopped paying my taxes and became a tax criminal, would you have to denounce me? I would. I mean, you know, just automatically. Like, my entire Twitter account would become an anti-Simone account. (laughs) (laughs) Simone says she loves America. Yes, it would just be nonstop attack ads. And then, like, we get the freeze frame on Simone. Like, we just have someone follow you around, walking down the street. Like, you're just doing your thing. And then we just change it to black and white, and this ominous music is underneath it. It would be great. These are the issues that taxpayers (laughs) care about. (laughs) So this week, Microsoft Build is happening. So, of course, Christina Warren is not with us. And we're going to save all the whatever juicy build topics come up for next week when she is back. It's a lot of good stuff, by the way. I mean, that new terminal, that looks awesome. So I can't wait to talk to her about that. Oh, Brianna, I can tell you safely that I don't know about it. But I'm excited (laughs) to learn. Uh, but what we will be talking about is uh, we're going to do a little roundtable. Brianna's going to talk about, well, we're both going to talk about Google I.O. Uh, I'm going to talk about Facebook's F developer conference, F8. Um, and then we are going to talk about this beautiful, juicy uh, Kickstarter project that oh everyone God. should support. With a touch of microtransactions, too. So it's going to be a, a great little, show today. Just yeah. touch. Just a touch. We're going to get it done. All right. So Google I.O., this was a big year for Google I.O. I mean, did you see any of the video at all, Simone? I didn't watch the video, but I read about what happened. And it's yeah. the thing that got me. I, I saw the announcements of the Pixel 3a and the 3a XL. Yep. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then I saw that these are friggin' $400 smartphones right. with, like, Google's good camera in them. And I was like, right. oh, You have my attention. (laughs) It's a really good idea, right? Like, especially at the cost of the iPhone. Like, you know, it's well over $1,000. Like, I think I paid uh, $1,500 for, uh, you know, like our uh, XS Max, uh, you know, call time phone for the campaign. So, I mean, God, you could buy like almost four of these phones for what I spent on that. I'm actually seething because it's freaking brilliant. Like, everything that we've talked about, about... Apple pushing up prices of the iPhone, but not like delivering all of that quality that you'd want for a like fifteen hundred friggin' dollar phone. Everything that we've said about that just came flooding back. Like thinking about yep. having a quality phone, which the the Pixels are by all accounts extremely good phones, but for yep. that price, like that's that's absolutely incredible, and that's so smart. And maybe this is just selfish, but that is the direction that I would love to see. Uh, phone manufacturers moving in. Right? Because we've kind of got to the point of commodified hardware, right? Like, uh, you know, it's not really that different every single year. It's just not. I'm yeah. sorry, people. It's not. And, you know, the thing is, too, you're getting stock uh, Android with this. Like, you're getting a phone. Oh, the beautiful raw go Android. Yes. Right, right. Just it'll be give it to you raw unfiltered it's gonna be uncut if you will wow. and you're just gonna be getting that it's gonna be amazing as they somehow. say as they say yeah i really i wonder um about i guess those those two directions that you could move in in a saturated market uh because we all 
need smartphones at this point. I, I think most people have them, whether it's a more expensive one or a more normal priced one. So like there are those two directions that you can move in where it's like, okay, everyone's going to buy one. I could produce an affordable one or everyone's going to buy one. They have to. So you could sell one for a more expensive price because people will be locked into that. Um, and I, I, I don't know which of those routes is better. Certainly if everyone were, you know, selling thousand dollar smartphones we would be totally screwed but the fact that they aren't uh absolutely leaves open a door for something like this where people don't want to sacrifice quality but you know they they want they didn't they don't want to spend a crap ton of money right i do think it's worth saying you know when you have bottom basement priced phones i mean there is a there is an environmental cost to that. There's a, a labor cost to that. And it is, uh, you know, worth thinking about. And yeah, this week, uh, very correctly so, I think, like uh, with uh, the Sonic the Movie Horror. Oh, God. You know, there's been, there's been talk about, uh, you know, overworking the animator since the release date has not been uh, moved forward. And... You know, I think in that same uh, in that same conversation, it's worth thinking that you know when you have some of these device manufacturers, uh, you know, like HTC, it's not the best labor record. So uh, I I'm very happy to see a product coming out that's uh, you know further away from that <laughs> you know one thousand dollar plus price point that uh, Apple has pushed it to. But I think that's worth uh, thinking about. I'd love to get some of the other uh, news from Google I/O. Um, yeah, sure. So they came out. They came out. One of the things. I really loved about this is they're coming out with uh, Android Auto, a new version of this. Uh, so, like, let's really be honest. Like, Android Auto, have you ever used it at all, Simone? No, I haven't. So, it has barely, barely changed ever since they first introduced this. It's pretty much the same. And this year, it's the first uh, version of it that is, uh, it's a real makeover of it. It changes how it looks and feels uh, when you're out there. I would say functionally from every demo I've seen, it looks extremely similar to uh, Apple CarPlay, which I think is excellent. Uh, it will regroup messages to you without you taking your eyes off the road. You can just say, Google, I'm driving. It will turn your phone into driver mode. It's, uh, you know, the map feature is baked into it it uh, much better. So this is this is really bringing Android, uh, you know, Android CarPlay to the equivalent of Apple CarPlay. So I thought that was a really big. Why do you move think forward. it took them so long to to update that? Well, I think uh, you know the auto industry has been very reluctant to kind of integrate Android phones in the same way. Really mm. good example: if you go out and buy a new Porsche, uh, Porsche just flat out doesn't support Android at wow. all. Wow. And if you go over and get like a Honda, uh, you know, they're in Dash Entertainment is actually a modified Android fork. So there's been a lot more of an incentive for, you know, auto manufacturers to kind of run their own version of Android instead of, uh, you know, running this kind of stock thing. So it's kind of been relegated to more aftermarket stereos and things like that. I mean, not to say there aren't some manufacturers that support it, but it just isn't as ubiquitous as CarPlay. So Definitely a step forward. What kind of do you, do you think this will have a material impact on your life and your driving experience? I mean, I'm in the Porsche eco- ecosystem, so yeah. no, <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha. never, never, ha. Simone, locked uh, in. Yeah, Apple locked cars. In. Locked uh, in. Let's talk about. Uh, there's another uh, update that they're doing, uh, which is to have live subtitles on all videos in yes. Android, yes. and this is absolutely brilliant. I think this is. Uh, uh, this is one of those things that is a result of machine learning uh, that I, I do think is a net positive because yep. this will allow people to experience videos online if they have hearing problems or it will allow me to watch that juicy video about the Game of Thrones cast uh, in a meeting <laughs> when I yes. can't play audio <laughs> if I were somehow if I were on an Android system in that moment. I could I'm just imagining you and you're like just glancing under the table at your Android phone and like Susanna is just giving you the stink eye. Like, ah, that's exactly you're, doing that you're, you're not wrong. You're not that wrong. That would be awesome. But yeah, the, oh my gosh. <laughs> obviously the uh, like usability, the accessibility aspect of that is more important. But I, I, I think that that's 
just a very cool thing. And I, I'm sure that somebody someday is going to uh, bring up the the secret dark side of of using of that of that AI yep. that machine learning. Yep. But yep. for now, I'm just rolling in what a good idea that is and how it will change technology to be more accessible. Well, look, I mean, uh, yeah, I can't say it any better than Tim Cook did. Like, technology doesn't want to be good. It doesn't want to be evil. It's just out there. And, you know, the application of that, like, that's up to us in the laws and the regulations we set around this stuff. Um, I, I hope I can tell you a quick story. When yeah. we did our first campaign videos uh, last uh, time around, I got a very nice set of messages from a disability rights group uh, right here in my district. And they, they're like, you know, Bree, I gotta tell you, you came out, you gave a great speech, you've done great things for us. Like you, you literally offered to hook the disability uh, like a float up to your campaign car and pull us with you in a parade. And uh. that's great. Uh, but I want you to know, you don't have captioning on any of your videos. And wow. it feels like you're saying one thing when it comes to accessibility and talking and, and doing another. Mm -hmm. And that was a moment that I was like, yeah, you know, that's fair criticism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you are hearing impaired, you know, this affects your ability to enjoy every movie, to enjoy every YouTube video. So I just, mm -hmm. I think this is, uh, I do think it needs some strong privacy controls built into it. And I think there's a legal framework that we need to develop around, uh, you know, the ability for government to subpoena this stuff and maybe find out what's on videos from the machine learning end of it. Like we, yeah. we have work to do on this, but uh, I think overall it's a, it's a technology with some potential. Yeah. Yeah. It's really wonderful. For now, uh, maps getting private yes. mode. Yes, I saw that. Heck uh, yes. Not a lot to say there. I mean, it's good. It's uh, been too long, but I fully yep. support that. That's pretty much how I feel about that. Yep. Uh, do we want? Can we talk about Nest? Can we yeah, talk I was about just Nest? gonna say the Nest Hub Max is the next on so, my list. Okay, so how you know we covered this on Rocket? They had that really big cybersecurity scare uh, last year, and just to give listeners uh, a little bit of background, Nest is uh, it was it's a it's a it's a subsidy of Alphabet. Uh, they basically were one of the first people to bring smart cameras to market. And uh, Nest really had an issue with uh, their thermometer and webcam uh, product line stagnating. They had a bit of a, um, a scandal earlier this year that wasn't really fair with uh, some people hacking into Nest uh, cameras and talking to people using <laughs> them, which definitely scared some people for good reason. Uh, and now you have a uh, Nest product coming out called Nest Hub that's, uh, you know, it's very similar to Facebook's product. So, yeah, with the screen on it, video conferencing, that kind of thing. So what, what how do you feel about this, Simone? I, so I, I actually read an article this week about the Facebook portal uh, from Gizmodo, and I apologize because I'm not remembering. I think Katie, Katie, um, whose last name is totally slipping my mind right now, unfortunately, <laughs> wrote about how, like, despite all of the privacy concerns, they set a Facebook portal up in the office and everyone had a lot of fun with it, just, like, talking to each other across the office. Um, and that's kind of where I am on both of these devices right now. Like, I fully agree that, like, the convenience of, like, walking in and it recognizing your face and, like, providing your notifications for you and having your photos there like that's that's all very nice but for me I still like can't quite get over for myself that hump of like but how will this be used 20 years from now I don't know and is the convenience enough for me to participate in like training the machines to recognize my face which I know I'm doing every day just by existing but yeah, that's that. That's where I am on it. No, I think you're dead on. Can can I like jump out and we'll get back to more detailed news for a second? But yeah. can I can I I want to talk about like something bigger, and we'll talk about a lot of Microsoft Build uh, next week when Christina's back here. Who, by the way, had a keynote at Microsoft Build. Congratulations! And she uh, looked Christina. amazing. She did. She looked gorgeous. Um, but. Yeah, Microsoft Build had a moment where they were demoing uh, Cortana's, basically, you know, it's the natural language processor, the the assistant wired into Cortana, and they had this really slickly um, edited video of a woman 
walking through our office at Microsoft and really having just a natural conversation with Cortana and it basically bringing in from all these different databases uh, just in a way that's light years beyond Siri. And she's basically cramming her schedule fuller and fuller and fuller and fuller to the second where literally every everything she's doing, like it's all to like move schedules so she can cram even more stuff into her life. And I kind of had a an existential moment with this because mm-hmm. like as a as a technology product, right? Like Azure services and containerized applications, it's so hugely important and it's so technically impressive. But as I was looking at everything with Google I.O. and Microsoft Build, yeah, the ultimate point of everything they were doing is helping you cram even more stuff into your life, if that makes sense. Like more devices to talk to more people every second you ever want to be there and get your schedule and have it automatically update with other people's calendars and automatically have it know when you're in the car so you can get there more efficiently. And this is like, I've had this moment lately where I've been rewatching older movies from the 80s and 90s it just feels so much more sane because the characters aren't like jam packed with stuff every second they're awake. Am I am I crazy to be thinking that? You're you're absolutely not. Um, <laughs> no, no, you're you're so right. I feel like so much of technology is about optimizing us, right? In the same way that you would optimize a program on a computer, and. Uh, yeah, there there is just so much to say about that because it, it's true that it's helping, but at the same time, what is it helping us? What What is productivity? And I read an interesting article that I believe I have just found it that was on futurism about um, basically the wealth gap and technology yeah. and how at a certain point when people become extremely wealthy, they what they are paying for is – services that are provided by people and the ability to avoid reliance on technology. Like, I mean, think of having, um, a, I guess, a, a made, I guess, horrible example, but, you know, having a person hiring, paying a person to do something for you instead of having a machine to automate it for you. Like that, that is true wealth is being able to afford a person. Um, and it's creating this basically culture gap between the hyper, hyper wealthy and the rest of us who are very much like, yeah, I, I need my Roomba uh, <laughs> yeah. or I need my calendar notifications because my personal assistant is not going, I, my, who doesn't exist, is not going to be reminding me of these things. Um, so I, I, I do think it's worth looking at the reliance that working people um and I, I would include i mean we we are you know upper middle class probably white collar workers but i'm including like blue collar and white collar workers i guess in this definition of working people like how we are using technology to create a world in which we are ever more efficient workers yeah rather than human beings who are interacting with other human beings and developing relationships in that way Oh, it's so true, Simone. I think that's so perfectly said. Uh, it was my friend Nellie uh, Bose who wrote that for the New York Times. Uh, she's just freaking amazing. She's one of their very best writers. And yeah, um, and I I mean, I hope this doesn't sound too liberal artsy or whatever. I just, it was just something I couldn't help but think about this week. Like, is is any of this making us happier? You know, mm-hmm. like this cramming our lives so full of stuff. So I, I don't always think the answer is yes, but let's remove to more. Let's go back to more of this stuff. And so they had Google Lens updates. Uh, one of the one of the really interesting demos from IO was somebody walking into a restaurant and holding their cell phone up to a menu, and the menu automatically uh, determined that uh, this was a restaurant built into Google's API, and it allowed you to place that order without even talking to someone and calculate that tip and split Again, the bill without yep, even talking right. <laughs> to anyone. And just walk in and eat like a machine and get right back to it, oh. which is really the point to eating out, isn't it, Simone? To, That's what to I always say. To not have that human touch. Yeah. You know. Uh, just eat like it's just like you're a you're an animal and move on. I love uh, a sterile experience. Yeah. When I, when I leave for. my home. That's why I live in New York City. Yeah. Um, 
I had a, a really good experience, uh, I guess a positive tech experience, and this doesn't really tie into Google I.O. at all, but when I was in the airport in Seattle, Seattle, New York, where I live the other day, uh, where I was in line uh, waiting to check out with some food, and there was a woman there who was Chinese, and she started to ask me a question in English and then stopped and was like, hold up a minute, and spoke in Chinese into her phone and then had the phone read it back to me in English. And yeah. we had a whole conversation like that where she was just asking um, if it was okay for her to bring bananas on the plane. Uh, <laughs> but it was just it was just such a, a a very cool moment of that technology being very helpful and yeah. bridging a cultural gap for us. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I, I I would love to see more innovations that. I mean, Google does this with their um, – because they also have that uh, in Google Translate where it will translate text. And I believe people have used that. Like I, I've heard of people traveling and using that to help communicate with locals and like just bridge language gaps there so that they can travel more easily. Um, yeah. I would love – Actually, yeah. actually, Google had something related to this. It was Project Euphonia. So um, – I, I, I don't think he'll mind me sharing this. One of my my family's best friends, uh, he is a uh, he's a software engineer in the in the valley. And because of the wildfires, um, we believe he had a stroke. He's a relatively young person. Um, this is a you know, he's a software engineer and he's struck being at, you know, an age where he should be out there in his career prime, and all of a sudden he can't use his hands, and it's very shocking for him. So one of the things Google uh, unveiled this year was Project Euphonia to help people that have had maybe ALS or a stroke, and basically uh, the the algorithm figures out what you're trying to say. Oh wow! And helps turn that into um, you know, different kinds of you know whether programming or speech or reads it back out for you. You know, again, technology doesn't want to be good or evil. Here's an example mm-hmm. of it being used for accessibility. So, you know, another really positive thing, as yeah. is the uh, the translation thing you yeah. talked about. Uh, and I'm, I'm just checking up on Lens right now, and it seems like that's that's also a, a Lens capability. So I was right to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was relevant after all, folks. Uh, do uh, we want to move on from this to briefly? Uh, I want to talk about one more thing. Do uh, it. I know you probably didn't see it. We'll laugh about this next week with Christina. But we have to touch on Microsoft Build for just a second. Because yeah. the, I, we have hyped up HoloLens on this show a lot. I'm a huge believer in HoloLens. I, I love it. And I don't mean to disparage the team at <gasps> all. But the worst moment of Build that has been unveiled is this disastrous... B movie, uh, like demo they pulled off for Microsoft for Hololens two, and the meeting mode. And I tell you, there are adult films out there with better no. acting than this part of it. It was so bad. So you have this woman, and you know she's a person of color, has this beautifully curly hair, and then she's appearing in the Microsoft Build demo, and she's got this straight hair, and it's like her arms aren't moving. It's supposed to be a representation of her. And they're like, isn't this amazing? And they're like throwing like images up on the wall, but it's like B-movie. And then all of a sudden, they're like bringing out this 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 avatar, this cartoon avatar, oh, and they're no. like trying to design outfits for it by like drawing bracelets all over it. And all of a sudden, the woman is like standing in like this mech that they threw into the scene. It is so beyond parody. It sa- is, what you're describing yeah. to me sounds like you need to go lie down. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It was terrible. You should go watch it immediately. Oh my so. God. Oh, it was wow. so embarrassing. That's what I'm yeah. going to do as soon as we hang up. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God, I wish I'd watched it before so we could make fun of it while Christina's not we'll here. We'll make fun of it with Christina next week. So yeah, we'll, we'll all get together and have a good time. Christina, explain yourself. What is Microsoft doing here? Yes. <laughs> so. um, also, I just wanted to briefly say that, yes, you were right about the article that I spoke about, The Luxurification of Wealth, was written by Nellie Bowles, your friend, and it was in the New York Times. So anyone who's looking that up and you're like, what the f- F is Simone talking about. <laughs> that is what I meant. <laughs> there it is. There All it is. Right. Awesome. Do you want to touch briefly on some stuff from F8? They're, they're honestly yeah. only... A, or would you rather talk about the loot boxes thing? No, no, no. Let's get okay. to it. Just give me a quick rundown. 
A quick rundown. They basically, they talked a lot about AI. Um, but for me, the I, I was mostly interested in uh, what they're doing around Instagram and Facebook Messenger because contrary to some headlines that I read like two or three months ago uh, that were talking about rumors that Messenger would be pushed back into Facebook to force people to use Facebook. They're going in the exact opposite direction with that. Um, and it seems like they're further segmenting Messenger um, and minimizing the newsfeed, which I absolutely love as an idea if I'm forced to be on Facebook. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so they are leaning in and making uh, Messenger a smaller app on iOS so that it takes up less space. They're also creating a desktop app, which feels like something that should have been done years ago. Uh, yep. Won't dwell on that because that seems like a big duh there. Um, but basically, they're understanding that Messenger, as they have made it its own thing by breaking it out of the Facebook app, has become its own community in a way where people use that without ever going on Facebook. So they're trying to introduce more community into that second tab of Messenger. And they're tossing around the idea of moving or, like, promoting selectively some newsfeed elements in that tab, which I, for one, don't feel spectacular about <laughs> as a design really? Why? choice. Why? I, for me, Messenger is the place where I get away from those, the things that people choose to share on Facebook because I feel like, and maybe this is just my personal newsfeed, the things that I see on Facebook are either like very, they're very serious, like big issues of the day, or they are like so banal as to be useless to me. And in the year 2019, I think we're at a saturation point where like maybe that, that, I mean, that, that was the use of the program back in 2008 or whatever. Um, and that was interesting because it was like, oh, I can catch up with people and see what they're doing in their daily lives. In 2019, it's like I am seeing too much of everyone else's daily lives, and yeah. I would like to selectively communicate with my friends. So the idea of refocusing Messenger on just the the people that are closest to you, um, I really, really like that. And similarly, what they're doing with Facebook itself, focusing like de-emphasizing the news feed and focusing more on groups uh, I is very interesting to me. And I, I still obviously have a lot of problems with Facebook as a company and their safety data safety practices and also their workplace practices. But speaking just in terms of tangible changes that could make life better with this app, I do think a refocus on smaller communities makes a lot of sense because it's a lot easier to... Uh, if limit what you are exposed to within those communities. Um, and it's, I, th I think, a better way to genuinely connect with people because I think if there's anything that we've learned over the last years of social media, it is that having access to all of the people all of the time does not necessarily promote understanding of yep. all of the people all of the time. I, I would strongly agree with that, and I completely understand uh, your logic in wanting it that way. Do you do you mind if I share a, a downside that another country is uh, wrestling with Please right now? Please do. With this kind of, uh, and I, I really, before I say this, I just want to back up everything you said, Simone. I get it. It's exhausting for me, especially as a political candidate. I get I, I cannot tell you how many times I've gotten home at the end of the day and I've said, Frank, you can talk to me about anything as long as it doesn't have anything to do with politics because it's, it's just exhausting, right? Like no one can think about this all the time. So I get it. Um, but that said, uh, you know, Facebook acquired WhatsApp and um, this is much closer to the paradigm that Zuckerberg was talking about at F8 with mm. Messenger and moving towards. Uh, one of the things that happened in India in their last election is uh, they had, they had um, kind of, in each town, they had kind of uh, this um, of this one kind of 
right-leaning political party. And they went out there and they started building up these, these private groups in WhatsApp, right? Like away from journalists, just full of trusted people. Mm. And what they would do is share this news that was just brutally, absolutely, completely false in a way that was just outside of any kind of dissenting point of view. Uh, there's a very famous story about this where it led to a bunch of people being killed in a riot in the in the worst case. So um, I think, you know, we talk on the show a lot about the need for privacy. I, I just want to note that, uh, you know, for Mark Zuckerberg's model that he's talking about with this and the community's example that you talked about, it's really critical we ask ourselves, how can this be abused, right? Yeah. Um, so I want you to think about uh, a world where the next political election in the United States, uh, these kinds of discussions are happening behind closed doors, um, is essentially a dark net with people being radicalized and not being uh, shown any other point of view. Maybe it's, uh, you know, InfoWars videos. Maybe it's, you know, right-wing smears on A, B, and C. And you just can't counter it because no one else is seeing it. Um, you know, and this is a hard thing to talk about because, like, I, I realize what I'm arguing against right here is privacy, right? So I I just, I'm saying, like, there's no perfect paradigm here, right? Yeah, Does that you're make so, sense? You're so right about that. And I absolutely agree that the idea of a thousand echo chambers, tiny, tiny echo chambers, is a very, very bad one. Um and, you know, I don't think that there is necessarily a good answer to that because, I mean, Twitter is the opposite of that. And it's yeah, a hellscape. Yeah, it's terrible also. Facebook right. is becoming, yeah. you know, the opposite uh, opposite of Twitter and it's still not working. So, man, maybe, maybe the internet was a mistake. Maybe it was. And I don't mean that as a joke. Um, you I'm know not going to get rid of it, but it's exhausting. Yeah, we so. really messed that one up. Um, yep. Oculus Quest. Okay. We're going to talk yep. about this more when it comes out, I think, because I am so gosh darn excited to get my hands on one. But this is, of course, the standalone Oculus headset that's like $400 and has the whole computer in the headset. I'm psyched for it. We'll table that for now. We'll table, table it for, for now. now. Just know that we're pumped. We're pumped and we're ready. <laughs> yes. um, okay. Secret Crush. Have you read about this? No. Okay. I have a lot of problems with this feature, but you go first. You go first. Oh, you got problems with this? You got yeah. problems with this? <laughs> okay. Facebook. Uh, so last year they talked about introducing a Facebook dating service, which also sounds like an idea that makes me scream. Uh, but this uh, is expanding this year. But uh, there's a feature called Secret Crush where you can make a list of your friends on Facebook and that you're attracted to. Uh, and Ew. yeah, you can find out if they have dating profiles and you can like, you know, no, it'll notify you if there's a match, but you could basically secretly indicate the, these are your crushes of your real life friends on Facebook. And here's my or, feeling. Or your people at work, right? Or at work, for example, because yeah. you have work friends on Facebook as well. You have a lot of or family. You have a lot, just a lot of people going on oh on God. Facebook. Oh no, Simone! You're <laughs> I'm living sorry. In the darkest timeline. Oh, okay. It's Game of Thrones, yeah. baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but here, here is. Uh, do you want to say what you don't like about that, <laughs> or I, what I don't like about that? Okay, there are so many. <sighs> Does anyone like anything about it? Was it a okay, good idea, okay, Brianna? Okay, okay. This is I. I try to remember what life was like before I was married. And I know for a lot of people finding uh, a partner, it is a, it, it takes a while. And I want to speak about this with compassion for that, right? Like I know it's hard being single, but for starters, you know, people don't have boundaries when it comes to this stuff. They just don't. And I'm imagining a situation where, yeah, maybe uh, a male boss at a company talks about having secret crushes on all of his female employees, and then like that data gets leaked, and that's just lives ruined and careers ah. ruined, right? Um, and it's just it's, I mean, like affairs are going to be initiated this way. It's like uh, for me, if I found out like, ooh, one of your Facebook friends has a crush on you, that would be it would feel really inappropriate because I'm married. It would cause me like existential terror. Like who can't I interact with that I'm friends with on Facebook? Does that make sense to you? It absolutely makes sense. 
Uh, so from what I understand about this, uh, you you can add people that aren't on Facebook dating. Um, oh. But it doesn't, I don't, I actually, I, I don't think it will tell them until they get on Facebook dating. So that do, there do have to be two to play. But it just, it, to me, this is a nightmare scenario because it, if you know me on Facebook and you like me, you should tell me. If yeah. you want anything to come of that, and it won't because I'm me. <laughs> but if you did, you sh- if you know a person and you think there's a possibility you could date, and y- you should just normally, normally broach that subject. Right. Or if you think it's best to put it to bed and never think about it, do that. <laughs> I-, I hate this idea of like, oh, secret crime. It's just so yeah. middle school. Like, no, you're you're an adult. You're using Facebook dating. If you are interested in someone, don't. Keep it a secret unless it's completely inappropriate and then keep it the most secret and never speak right. of it. I I had a really good friend of mine and I adore this person. They are polyamorous, uh, you know, and as a as a congressional candidate, I'm 100 percent for you know, polyamorous, like expanding the legal definitions and relationships for that 100 percent for it. But this person was polyamorous and they like approached me about this. This is after I was married. It really threw a wrench into our friendship from a lot of years. Like I just avoided this person. So I just, I, I, it's just bad. It's bad for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And I like, unfortunately, I would call that an ideal scenario because like the fact is sometimes you have feelings for someone and you approach them to like hash that out and it means the end of the friendship. But that, I mean, it is what it is, you know? We, you you we have got to, to go a good through place that. Again. Yeah. We got to a good place. That's good. Again. That's but good. It, but it just, um, yeah, it's, it's, anyway, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. I, I just, ugh, ugh, ugh. Life is hard. Life Stuff is, hard. is hard. That's true. Yep. Um, so I'm not sure there's anything else I want to talk about from F8, unless that thing is taking likes off of Instagram, which I don't really have much to say about. I'm just like, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. And I do have something to say, which is that I forgot to talk to you about Burrow, folks. I should have done it like 10 minutes ago. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Burrow. (gasps) There's nothing like getting home after a long day. I'm going to do it very soon. When you do that, what's the first thing you do? You collapse onto your comfortable sofa to relax. And that feeling is even better when you have a Burrow, the luxury couch for real (gasps) life. Wow. Oh, yeah. Did you know this? Burrow was created by two students who thought there must be a better way to buy furniture than the limited sofa showroom and the long delivery weights, which I can confirm because searching for a friggin' sofa was hard. Uh, Should have just done this first. Burrow lets you easily customize a high quality sofa online, which can be shipped for free in one week, not four weeks. Not 12 weeks, one week. Wow. When I when Julia was moving out and I was like, okay, better start browsing for couches. And saw so the like, you can have this in 12 weeks. I was like, what? <laughs> My couch is leaving. My couch is leaving next week. What are you talking about? I mean, you've gotten by without a toilet for months, so you can live hey, without now. a couch too. Yeah. <laughs> Burrow were recently named one of the world's most innovative uh, companies by Fast Company because they let you build a sofa that suits you. You can choose from five fabrics, three leg finishes, two armrest styles, any length, and you can <gasps> even add a chaise lounge or ottoman. A chaise lounge? What is that even? It's like those things uh, where you, oh, do I know what it is? Do I know what it, I, I've completely forgot. Oh, Brie, I'm so sorry. I'm a failure. I thought it was an ottoman. No, okay. I gotta find this out. Okay, hold it's on. Those, oh, okay, yeah. That's it's like those the long things. That, yeah, when you think about the 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 Greek robot from Futurama that's like on a couch and eating grapes, that's what this is. That's what you think about. It's sort of like yeah. a, a really long chair. Yeah. Our listeners probably already know this. They're like, shut up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the fabric is scratch and stain resistant, can confirm. It also has a built-in USB charger so you can charge your devices right from the sofa. And it Whoa. is made of high-quality materials like sustainably sourced hardwood, not flimsy particle board. And they offer a curated selection of hand-woven pillows to help jumpstart your interior style, which is so important. 
I have a burrow. I had people over literally last night sitting on it. It works a dream. And they like they built it for me, you know. They delivered it, and then I got the white glove service to build it for me, uh, which really? was super super simple. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, so I gave them coffee. I let them do their work, and then I jumped on the couch to see if it would fall apart, and it still hasn't, despite the fact that I live there with it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of that, and just like having the ability to get it delivered and so quickly was such a boon on my my life. If you are in the market for a new sofa, you can give your living room an upgrade with a burrow and get $70, $75 off a new sofa and free one-week shipping by visiting burrow.com slash rocket. That's B-U-R-R-O-W, burrow.com slash rocket for $75 off your order. Whoa. Thank you so much, Burrow, for supporting Rocket and Relay FM. Love it. Oh, boy, Brianna. Yep. Do you want to talk about this Game of Thrones scam? Okay, yeah. We got to talk about this. We this got is it. A, okay, this is... So we've thought about bringing... This is another Scam Town segment because we love to cover the scam beat on Rocket. Um, so last night, I was looking at enemy of the show, Max Temkin, uh, our mortal enemy, the person <laughs> behind Cards Against uh, Humanity, just a rat human being in general. was... <laughs> 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 We love Max. He's great. Uh, so, so he was that. talking. He was talking about uh, this Game of Thrones uh, Kickstarter that just got launched, and I was like, "Hey, I love card games. I will look at this." And and Simone, I tell you, we've covered a lot of scams on this show. This isn't quite like fake blood company level scam, <laughs> but this was a this was a scam. Uh, so this guy is sitting there and he's like, you know what? I'm going to start my own Game of Thrones Kickstarter. <laughs> and he's using like the logo to Game of Thrones and the typography and pictures from the show. And he's like promising all this stuff. Only one small, very small problem. What was it? He didn't have the rights to the Game of Thrones <laughs> license <laughs> from HBO, of which he was uh, mm. using all of the images. And then in the description of the Kickstarter, he's like, but 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 wait, look, we're not going to have any problems here. I know we can't legally use <gasps> any of the pictures from the show. Don't worry. This is just all going to be uh, from George R. R. Martin's books, ah! which I guess he feels is in the public domain. Uh! So he basically wanted to make a Game of Thro- Thrones card game just based on George R. R. Martin's uh, books. So it was truly such a a bold thing. Uh, yes, somebody pointed out in Slack today there on the page, which has unfortunately now been taken down um, by well, yes. M- ministers of justice i suppose <laughs> uh he has sent in a request i think ask. you mean anti-free speech yeah anti-free Simone. speech activists yes uh <laughs> if as i call them uh so sorry did you hear the quotes the air quotes in my voice free speech activists <laughs> um he had asked to use the trademark but he did not hear back so he went ahead and um just did it you know while while waiting to hear back if it was okay so I think we can say that due diligence was done here. Yep. You tried. So, no, did you read the updates from this? Because each of the updates told an amazing story. Please so can tell I take me. you through my journey? Because I can't see the page anymore. I need to I know, know your journey. I know. Okay, so update number two <laughs> was the absolute best. And he. Uh, this was basically the update. He was like, listen, great news, everyone. I talked to the head of HBO today and they told me that it was, quote, okay, end quote, for me to use any of the pictures that I wanted. Ah. So, whoops, we're all free here. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Which is, you know, it's totally 100% believable. Oh, and by the way, like of the $15,000 this guy was trying to raise for this, so some portion of it, this was with the original Kickstarter, some portion of the $15,000, some portion of it was going to be used to license the HBO show to get the rights from it. Just some portion 
of that $15,000. Oh. $1,000 was for the warehouse. Uh, then if you got the $50 version like I did, because uh, I, of course, contributed to this fire festival of Kickstarters, um, you know, you would get uh, uh, $30, $30 worth of books from Amazon oh, that huh. were also signed by George R. R. <gasps> I don't know how that was going to work, but okay. Uh, but anyway, some portion of that was for that. So then update number two was him claiming to have spoken with HBO, which apparently gave him the rights to use that. Okay, yeah. evaluate that as you will. But it was uh, he already has num- a bunch of books that are literally signed by George R. R. Martin. Of course, he was able to speak to HBO. My God, of it all course. makes perfect sense. Right, he's got the pipeline. Update three was the best. <laughs> so, it's about how many how many kickstarters uh, for like video games? Like, do you remember uh, what are the the? Oh God, it's you uh, something. There was a YouTube channel that put out a, uh, and they were going to make a Minecraft competitor. Oh, do you oh remember God. this? Yes, I do. Um, I, it Yogg's doesn't matter. Cast. Yes, them. They had what? It was like a couple hundred thousand dollars, right? Yep. And they tried to do it and completely failed. Well, don't you worry. This guy is an expert and he knows how to run the budget. So <sighs> with just a mere $30,000 <gasps> of extra stretch goals for his Game of Thrones. He's not only going to develop proprietary uh, battle counter technologies, uh. like an LED counter for that. He's not only going to get the rights from HBO, but he is also going to uh, basically develop a full-fledged online iOS game so you can play <gasps> people across the, the internet. And we all know no! that like $30,000, that's a completely reasonable budget to develop something like it this, It is. Right? And yeah. I don't think that anyone needs to take these goals and crunch the numbers to find a different amount of money that they would cost. <laughs> I would not be interested in reading about that because yeah. the math is done. Don't it's do right it. there, right in front of your eyes, except not anymore because it was taken down by, again, anti-free speech activists Yep, trying to harsh my buzz. That's right. That's right. So, wow. okay. Uh, so did you get in on this uh, fire Festival train? I did not, but I want to know what you, what level you contributed at and what you could expect to gain for your contribution. Well, of course, you know, I mean, this is my big regret. Like I saw Fire Festival coming through and we didn't, we didn't go to Fire Festival. No, we were amazing. fools. We were fools, basically. So, of course, I got in on this the second I saw it. Uh, I signed up for the $50 uh, level, which basically gave me uh, a special George R. R. Martin signed card <gasps> that would be randomly done. <laughs> and it would also give me the entire set and a copy of the books. So for $50, wow. I'm sorry to say uh, I got this very nice message from the uh, Kickstarter quote unquote trust and safety team today, <gasps> which I don't think was protecting anyone's trust and safety. I lost mine. Yeah. Yeah. I think you mean the Kickstarter uh, censorship yep. and yeah, censorship a, board. Yeah. Oppression team. Oppression team. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the title of the episode right here. Uh, hello. This is a message from Kickstarter's trust and safety team. We're writing to let you know a project you you backed has been suspended. We also (gasps) want to assure you that your $59 pledge has been canceled. And I got to be honest, Simone, I felt like I could click any number of backing there because I knew it was not going to get charged. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I really didn't think about it. I was like, just click the $1,000, Brie. It'll just be good for the show. Like, there's no way this is going to happen. That's so good. That's so good. Okay, so the very last thing I'm going to say about this, there's another Game of Thrones. (gasps) There's another Game of Thrones legal licensed card game that's out there. And the Twitter thread on this where they uh, announced to these people on Twitter, they're like, hey, do you know this other company is basically making a copy of your game with the license you paid for? <laughs> like, um, do you know about this? And they're just like, on it. And they post that gif of uh, Dennis, uh the mother of the dragons with the city exploding behind her. <gasps> it was just, and they were, used to imagine this flock of lawyers descending on Kickstarter oh HQ. God, so. they're just refreshing the page over and yes. over again. Yes. That's amazing. Uh, the I level know. of uh, chutzpah that that took, incredible. <laughs> oh. 
I just wish, I wish it had taken at least a day or two more for it to be canceled. Yeah, because people, people could have written it up and then I could have laughed all night. Right. And people start going to this Kickstarter, and this is actually not a joke, so I'm being I'm being serious here. Mm-hmm. People started looking into the the person that did this, their background, and uh, some very serious uh, allegations of child abuse and some other shady Flipping things uh, came up in yeah, came up in the Kickstarter comments. So um yeah, just uh, kind of a, a frightening thing. So that's um, horrifying. Well that that part was horrifying. The rest of it was funny. So not getting your money. Thank yep. goodness. <laughs> Can I tell you also about how this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile? And they really are friends. They're they really are. friends of the show. Yeah. Sent me a card. Text Expander lets you insert words, phrases, forms, templates, and more with just a couple of key clicks everywhere you type. You can take control of your time and your productivity by letting Text Expander handle your repetitive typing tasks that annoy you daily. Because why say the same thing over and over again? The brand new Text Expander 6.5 is now available for Mac OS, and Text Expander 2.0 is available now on Windows. Woo! Both new versions of Text Expander are sporting a new visual editor for snippets. Those are the little things you create. Those are the things you say over and over again. You create them, and then you can just like fill them in automatically, you know, with just a tap of a key. The new editor makes it easier to see and edit snippet fill-ins, dates and date math, my nemesis, nested snippets, and more. So if you already love Text Expander and like to tell people about it, if you're in that camp, you can join their affiliate program to earn a little something when people sign up, which is super cool. It's a great option for those of you who are like, but I know this already, Simone. I have the Text Expander and I appreciate it as much as I can. Now you are rich too. You can join their affiliate program, yes. Uh, And if you, like me, are always looking for ways to be a little more productive and functional, you need Text Expander. It makes typing those repetitive phrases phrases and paragraphs unbelievably fast. If only I could do it with the words that come out of my mouth. I know they're going (laughs) unbelievably fast, but they are not productive or efficient. Seriously, an entire paragraph that would take ages to type can expand in just a second, which leaves you more time to do whatever you do best, which is probably, again, trying to watch that video about the Game of Thrones cast not liking the script for season eight that you couldn't watch because you were in a meeting and there were no (laughs) subtitles. So frustrating. Um, (laughs) No, I'm sure, Brie, oh my God, you must type things over and over again all the time with what you're doing running for office. Uh, yeah, I did six hours of call time yesterday. I had doctor's appointment today, so I only did four and I'm going to do eight hours of call time tomorrow. Wow. So, uh, yeah. And every person you call and talk to, you got to send them an email. So there are a few phrases I end up typing repeatedly. Wow. Well, you should visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about text expander. Um, and yeah, I'll say that again, textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. Thank you so much, Text Expander and all our friends at Smile for supporting this show and Relay FM. Rihanna, what are you doing this week? Okay, so there's like the, the work side of it. So work side, I'm working my butt off. Um, we raised $15,000 last week on our campaign. Oh my God. absolutely awesome. Yeah, uh, we're really doing very well with fundraising. Uh, we brought on a new digital team out of New York. They are kicking all kinds of butt and uh, we are getting ready to go tour a bunch of law firms and talk to the partners and get them on uh, Team Brianna with donations. So um, can I just brag about this for half a second? Yeah, totally. We have more people on our team today than we did with over a year and a half to go than we did at the height of Brianna Wu 2018. So um, I... I mean, obviously, if you're running against an established congressman, the odds are against you. But I really feel damn good about 2020, Simone. I really feel good about it. That's amazing. The difference is that like having that experience and more experienced people on the team has made for you. Oh, it's it's night and day. Um, and, you know, I'm really enjoying it this time. So that's that's the professional bucket. Can I just give you like a personal update? Yeah, totally. I am. So we've we've gotten a bunch of Final Fantasy games on Switch lately. Final Fantasy yeah. 7 came out. Final Fantasy 9 is out. 
Final Fantasy X and X, which I think is a very underrated title, is out, and Final Fantasy XII came out for Switch. So what I've been doing is basically working on Final Fantasy VII for an hour or two every single night. It's oh absolutely... God. It's one of the things I love is you can click in the left stick and it will run the game at three times speed, which makes uh, leveling <gasps> a lot faster. And then if you find yourself in a boss you can't beat, you can click the right stick and you just instantly get infinite energy. So, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying uh, playing through this game again. What about you this week? Uh, oh, this week, uh, I am video bossing here at Polygon. Like a uh, boss. Yeah, like a boss, like a boss does. <laughs> uh, we're basically just getting the rest of that series that we shot in L.A. ready to go, which has been rewarding, but a lot of work from all of the team to make sure everything comes together for that because it's such a big project. And the what, other thing What do you that mean I, by the show in L.A.? What do you mean by uh, that? The, that we did with like T-Pain, although that was in Philadelphia, oh. actually, but we're with, with Margaret Scribner and T-Pain, those... Uh, celebrity videos so right. we have two more of those coming out in the next oh, couple fun. weeks so it's it's been just like full speed ahead making sure those are as polished and perfect as possible um and i have started officially e3 planning which oh. makes me want to scream but it's really teaching me the beauty of meetings and scheduling meetings and talking through problems with people and that's a beautiful lesson for a leader to learn <laughs> is how to talk about plans and make yes. plans and send a lot of emails. And that's why snippets are important. We're still <laughs> in it, folks. Guess what? The ad read hasn't ended yet. <laughs> but no, that's what, uh, I'm, that's what I'm up to this week. I'm looking forward is terrible, to... terrible, isn't it? It's like the worst job. I'm actually kind of enjoying it. Yeah. I'm actually really enjoying it. I, I, I should mean, be I enjoy it. Truthful. I'm running for Congress. Obviously, that's a leadership position, but it's kind of a pain in the butt that people don't appreciate until they've had that job, if that makes sense. Yes. Honestly, like even just being in the job for one week, I was like, oh, okay, now I understand what Tara's doing all day. This <laughs> this makes sense to me. I will never uh, like bother her to be faster at anything again. Uh, I love it. Um, I love so it. Yeah, what are you playing right now? What are you playing? Uh, it's still Assassin's Creed Odyssey, although I am again on break. Um, you haven't beaten it? You haven't beaten it? No, I haven't beaten it. Oh, I'm 80 hours in now. Have you have you gotten to the point where they force your gay character to have a straight That's relationship? That's the DLC. Of course I'm not right. there yet. Right. Okay. I, I, I'm not going to finish any of the DLC because I'm so angry about no, that. No, I'm not, but... not going to play that DLC. I'm going to play the Atlantis DLC when I get there, but I have to finish the stupid game that's taking me, it's going to take me again like 200 hours because I won't stop doing side quests and it's my <laughs> fault. It's great though. Okay. So do love before, it. We, before we end the show, do you play Puyo Pop at all? Do you know Puyo Pop? Oh, I know Puyo, but so I don't I didn't... play. I didn't even know this. There's a new Puyo game out. So uh, for listeners who don't know this, Puyo is like a, it's a, it's a combo-based Tetris. Uh, it's Tetris. It's a Tetris-like game where you've got to get like four jelly bean blobs together and they pop, but it's very chain-based. So like the base level of the game is like doing one or two Puyos, but like when you get to a high level of play, you can consistently do three or four Puyos and a chain. Hell yeah. And there's a new version of this that came out for Switch and they didn't even talk about it. It's completely competitively based. So it's Tetris 99, but it's Puyo. And it's only $10. What? Yeah. The day that I played Puyo Puyo Tetris, I was possessed by yeah. a demon creature that only wanted to win. And I'm scared of her, but my God, <laughs> that game I played. I'm interested. You got my attention, so Brie. $10. $10. There are actually so many games that I want to play right now. Like, I'm still regretting not buying Pokemon Let's Go on Switch. I've been thinking about playing Sunless uh. Skies from Fail Better Games. Um, there was another one that. I really want to. I have code for Astrologaster. Why am I not playing that? Anyway, I got a lot to do. So, on that note, I guess, where can I find you online? Uh, you can find me at uh, Brianna Wu on Twitter. You can find me at Developer Brianna Wu on Twitter. And I think it's Brianna Wu for Congress on Instagram. Nice. You can find me at Doom Quasar on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and you can find me at youtube.com slash polygon where the videos go. So stay tuned for another great one of those on Monday. Woo! 
And if you like the show, please do uh, rate it and uh, let people know that it's good on Apple Podcasts or wherever you give podcast recommendations, whether that's in the grocery store checkout line, um, in your in your taxi, right when you're the taxi boss, um, <laughs> when you're walking down the street and you just throw your head back and you shout, subscribe to Rocket. It's a great show, um, which is how everyone knows where I live now. Uh, yeah, do that. It's really great for us. Helps helps get the show out there. Helps people know about us. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. And terminated. <laughs>